0: Attention HR professionals, are you tired of dealing with poor performance from your managers? Are you sick of having managers run to you for every single little problem? Would you like to build the confidence and competence of your management team? If so, then contact Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, we specialize in building up the skills and confidence of your organization's managers. We do this through our popular Driving Results on-site training programs, our signature program, the video-driven Boss Builder Academy, and we even license our course materials so you and your internal training staff can get those managers confident and competent. For more information on how we can help you improve the performance of your organization's managers, contact us today at www.thebossbuilders.com or at 931-221-2988.
1: Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you who are in the role and struggling, and even those of you who are thinking about one day making the transition to being the boss. As the boss, I'm sure one of the most difficult challenges you face is confronting one of your direct reports when they are performing poorly. Giving feedback is probably one of the most uncomfortable things a boss needs to do. Our guest today is Harry White. Harry White is an expert in the subject of giving feedback. Harry does some work for us here at Boss Builders. I've known Harry for a few years, and this is absolutely his specialty. Harry's going to talk to you about why it's such a difficult thing to do, why it is so important, how feedback and coaching can work hand in hand, and then he's going to end his talk with four rules of giving feedback. This is a difficult topic but it is one that you must master if you're going to be a great boss. So with no further delay, let's meet our guest, Harry White. Harry White, welcome to the show.
0: Well, hi, Mac. I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to our talk today.
1: Yeah, me too. I've known you for a few years now, Harry, and you are somebody who is uh, always highly recommended for projects. And one of the areas that you are known for is giving feedback, and that's a tough thing for bosses to do. And so our talk today is going to be about how to give feedback. Before we get into these questions, though, um, I was wondering if you could take a few minutes and just talk about your background and, and some of the experience that you have.
0: Sure, Mac. Um, Just to start off, uh, I'm not an academic. I actually have been in the real world and uh, started out uh, as and was put in leadership positions at an early age. And during that time, having a voracious appetite to really learn how do you move people toward a goal. I did a lot of uh, training, studying, research, reading, and was able to put it in play. And eventually, was working with teams to improve businesses and a troubleshooter and was able to build businesses. And in corporate America, I was running businesses as large as $700 million. And then I had a mentor that worked with me and he says, you're really good at this stuff. You need to be doing something different and reaching more people. And I left the business world from the standpoint of corporate America and began my company, Leaderjetics, and have been doing that and helping others reach their full potential.
1: Well, one of the areas for our audience and the audience on the Boss Builder podcast are newly promoted supervisors, those who are in the role and struggling, and those who are thinking about making the transition. One of the things that we find they struggle with the most is giving feedback to their direct report. So from your perspective, Harry, why is feedback important?
0: That's a, a great question, Mac, as you think about it. And it's interesting that even when we first started talking about this at the at the beginning of the podcast, it's, you know, why is it difficult to give feedback? And it's an assumption that's made, and it's actually true. And when you think about feedback, a lot of times we don't think about the benefits of it. We think about just how hard it may be on us or those types of things. But when you think about the people that work with us and especially that report to us, it is so important to give them feedback because they need to know how they're performing. And you can't raise performance if you can't calibrate the feedback and talk about it and give it to the person. And if you think about feedback, we're getting it every day. We're getting some type of feedback in everything we do. And I find it interesting that when it comes to organizational life and and we become a new supervisor, that we tend to back away from it and don't see the importance of it. Maybe we see the importance of it, but there's other things going on. But when you think about feedback, it's one of the most important things we can do in a supervisory role, and it should be part of our DNA.
1: Well, it should be, and I'm with you on that. So the big question is, why is it difficult?
0: Yeah, I, the difficulty, I believe, Mac, is as, as I see it and as I talk to people around it, is it's uh, at times we're uncomfortable giving it and we get it stuck in our head that we don't want to hurt the person's feelings in case it's corrective feedback. And, you know, we're, we may be good at giving the positive feedback and the supportive feedback, but then we don't wanna hurt their feelings or we're afraid we're gonna make them mad. And it's, a, it's an ability or inability to feel uncomfortable. And when we look at giving feedback and coaching people, we need to be uncomfortable because we'll never get better at it. And so one of the things that I, I talk to people about a lot of times is think about comfort. And, and when you're uncomfortable. When you're uncomfortable, that's generally an opportunity for growth and development. And instead of looking at as a negative, look at it as a positive. And feedback is one of those types of things that you need to do and practice to get better at, and you're gonna to have to be uncomfortable at
1: it. Well, you threw a word in there just a moment ago, and I wanna come back to that word. Uh, you, you mentioned coaching in there. So what is the difference between coaching and feedback?
0: I love that question because I look at it differently than some people may look at it. A lot of times people want to put coaching in one bucket and feedback in another. And the way I look at it is that coaching is the umbrella. And under that umbrella, you have day-to-day or immediate feedback. And then you have formal coaching meetings, now the day-to-day feed and immediate feedback is pretty self-explanatory. The formal coaching meetings; those are the meetings that you need may be having on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, maybe meetings that you're having to challenge the individual to be to do something differently and be better or improve at. Or they could be, and most of them tend to be a lot of times the corrective meetings. You need them to change something. They're not doing something the way they should be doing it and we need them to change. And so I don't see a lot of difference uh, other than the meeting. And when you have the meeting, there is a difference to the way you apply it there. But when you think about just feedback in general, it's part of coaching.
1: Well, let's, let's look at the word coach. So when I hear coach, I think of coach on a sports team and, you know, more recently in my business career, it's people that are life coaches and whatnot, but the word coach, uh, the word that we use organizationally, I guess, where does that come from?
0: Well, Mac, I, I usually start off that, the answer to that question, and it, it comes from the Latin derivative, and so it's, it comes from coach A. Coach A.
1: Okay. Well, kidding, I Mac. believe almost anything. Yeah. yeah so coach A. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I am kidding. It, it actually does come from sports. and. When you think about coach and, it, and coming from sports, what a great coach Well, they'll do?
1: hold you accountable for one thing, and they'll make you better.
0: Yeah, they hold you accountable. They give you feedback. As a matter of fact, when you think about athletes, and it's an interesting thing, and this could bring us back to the importance of feedback too. When you think about athletes, they get more real-time feedback on their performance than anybody else. Out there. And when you think about that and you transfer it organizationally, great coaches organizationally should be applying the thought process that coaches for athletes apply. And if you think about that, they're getting constant feedback all the time on their performance and know where they stand, then organizationally, we should have a feedback rich and well that makes
1: sense I mean I'm thinking about the for example a basketball game there first of all there's a running scoreboard so you know exactly where you stand and then the second piece is the coach is right there calling timeouts to do what they they coach and say let's run this formation or whatever that is so I like that Harry that's a great analogy
0: and they and they're also yeah. And, and Mac, they're also uh, talking to them and screaming at them mm-hmm. while they're out on the court, if you think about it. So they're, they're, they're doing things constantly to let those athletes know exactly where they stand and what they need to be doing. If, if you, yeah, if you think about feedback, then it is preparing others to win and creating a, a sustainable organization of people who are performing at high levels. And they are, are very few people that are going to do that without ongoing feedback.
1: Well, I'm guessing that there are some people listening to this show right now that spend most of their day sitting in an office or a cubicle, afraid to go out there and get involved in the operations. And so this ought to be a serious wake up call that if you are the boss, you need to get out there and start giving people some feedback. I like the umbrella of coaching with feedback being the tactical pieces. So right away, you've got to be in the game. That's no different, I guess, than the coach staying in the locker room while the team goes out, and then the coach asks them at halftime, how are things going, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And and when you think about it, it, as you think about a fundamental supervisory management leadership role is it's observing what's going on and if you're not out observing and and seeing what's happening you can't do a lot of just the basics that you would do normally uh, from an organizational standpoint of delegating giving feedback coaching those types of things to raise the performance of your people
1: new england Lean consulting is the northeast premier business consulting firm helping small to medium-sized businesses implement strategic leadership and operational methodologies that help to lower costs, increase capacity, and win more customers. Their consultants provide guidance on the latest business solutions, including Lean, Six Sigma, ISO, as well as energy conservation and safety compliance to help you grow your business deliberately and strategically. Through their plan methods, you'll be able to build and sustain a long-term operational excellence advantage over your competition to reach them go to newenglandleanconsulting.com or you can call them at 860-335-4787 well let's get into the tactics then so what are the two types of feedback the boss needs to give
0: most people would say positive and negative and i want to change it. And I, as I talk to people, I do work to change it because if you think about positive and negative, then some people would say, okay, well, one is good and one is bad. And so I, I want to change that thinking because it's really not. If you think about feedback and the opportunity to give feedback and the reason you do it, it's because you care about the organization you care about the team, you care about the individual. So if you give feedback because you really care about what's going on and you want to build a successful organization, then no feedback is bad feedback. So I, I put it in two buckets. There's corrective and then there's supportive and reinforcing feedback. When you think about corrective feedback, you can use that as the word because all you want them to do is change course and get back on the path to success that you've defined for them. When you look at supportive and reinforcing feedback, you're giving them feedback at that point uh, relative to what they're doing right. Because one of the things that I've noticed in my career and I've noticed in working with organizations what gets noticed usually gets repeated. So the reinforcing piece keeps people on the track. The corrective piece gets them back on track. And if you don't do the corrective feedback, mm-hmm. how can they get back on so track?
1: So feedback is good. Lack of feedback is bad. Not corrective feedback is bad and positive feedback is good. That's, I've, I've not ever thought about it that way, but that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and and I totally, the way you said it, you said it a lot more concise than I gave it back to you. But yes, lack of feedback is bad. Any feedback is good, whether it's corrective or support. Okay,
1: but that raises a question then. Can you give too much feedback?
0: That question is an interesting one also, and it's one I get at times. And really, it's tied to, if you think about, Feedback and reinforcing it and giving the corrective piece. There's a couple of ways to look at this. The first one is when organizational psychologists look at it, they they say that you've got to give a ratio of types of feedback to people from the, from that standpoint. And a lot of times people say balanced feedback. I don't believe that. Uh, that feedback is necessarily balanced. And and because I do buy into the organizational psychologist thinking where they say that you should have seven to 10 supportive types of feedback or reinforcing types of feedback for every single corrective feedback. And the reason they put it that way is that we're dealing with a person's Uh, relate, we're dealing with the relationship with them. And when we give them corrective feedback, they are debiting their relational balance with us more than one at a time. And every time we give them supportive feedback, they're crediting their relational balance with us uh, only one at a time. And the idea here is that if you go below that, you get into a trust issue. Now, I don't know if those numbers are right, but do I know that you should have more supportive and reinforcing feedback than corrective feedback? Absolutely. And if you think about it from the standpoint of just think about this, we've brought people have brought home puppies before. How do you train that puppy? Well, the first thing you do is you want them to do what you want them to, to become a civil citizen in the house. So you watch and catch them doing something right and you reward them and you jump on it. Now that puppy eventually becomes, or most puppies eventually become civil citizens in the house. If you go to the other side and the only time I give that puppy feedback is when they do something wrong, that puppy doesn't mature to to the level to do the things that we want them to, and they will either cower or come out fighting. They get meaner than heck. Guess what? People do the same things. If all they Mm -hmm. get is corrective feedback, they don't believe they can be successful. They don't believe they can uh, do what they need to do for the organization. They don't believe they can satisfy us. So they either withdraw or they come out fighting. So let's go to the other side here. Can you give too much feedback? I don't believe so if it's done correctly. The bigger question at times comes out is, well, can you give too much supportive or reinforcing feedback? And Mac, I ask people this question. When I get that question, I go, I'll ask them this, this question, which is an interesting one. And just think about it yourself. Have you ever driven home at the end of a day and said, "I wish they wouldn't have been so positive with me today.
1: <laughs> well, and again, it goes back to any feedback is good feedback. No feedback is bad, but I, but I like that. And you know that, that also flies in the face of the we hear what is it they I don't know what you guys call it. Some people call it the Oreo thing. you know, you give them a good one, then a bad one, then a good one which, you know, very quickly when I was in the Navy, I realized that was a lot of baloney because I knew there was a bad one in the middle. But, you know, also the positive feedback and negative. I'm thinking back to my time when I was in the Navy in boot camp. And I don't, right, there was probably one time in eight weeks that I got some positive feedback. Everything else was negative. But if you think about it, just like a dog, right? You're, you go through boot camp in the military because you got to come out ready to fight. And, and I think that made me probably very calloused initially and it took a while to, to undo that so I think if it's a purpose mm-hmm. yeah um it's probably necessary you're training attack dogs in the military but for most of us we want to we want to have that civil what did you call it the, uh, the civil family member uh, a dog what did you call it oh, the that?
0: Yeah, civil uh, family member. A civil, civil family,
1: yeah, civil house. citizen of the house.
0: Civil citizen in the
1: house, <laughs> and then yeah. we, we have to create civil citizens of the organization. So I like it. Um, good. So with that, then maybe you can help us here. Here, what is what are some of the rules of feedback? Because now I think we built the case. It's important, and we got to give a good ratio of helpful, mm-hmm. corrective, helpful to corrective. So, what are some rules that you can give us?
0: Well, there's just four rules of feedback that I consider, and because I like to keep things simple, you know, I'm I'm a person that likes to simplify to clarify. And when I look at the rules of feedback, the first rule is it needs to be specific, uh, and it needs to be behavioral and factual. And I will tell you, I've I've made plenty of mistakes on this one uh, throughout my tenure of giving feedback and. Have learned it over the years, but when you think about the behavioral piece, is a lot of times we put labels on people, and we all do it, and so we may say, "Wow, that person's difficult," or "That person's got a bad attitude." So sometimes we we can't figure out how to give the feedback, so we we'll, we say, "Hey, you got a you're a difficult person. I need you to fix it." Or you've got a bad attitude, I need you to fix it. And we're not talking about the behavior, and they don't know what we're talking about. And sometimes because we haven't thought about it, we've got this feeling and this label, we haven't even come up with what's really causing us to feel this way. So one of the things I challenge people to do is when those, I call them the neon signs of judgment, go off in our heads, that we step back and ask ourselves a quick question. What is it that this person is doing that is causing me to put this label on them? And at that point, I can back into and define the behaviors that I need to talk to this person about. For instance, you're a difficult person. Instead of saying you're a difficult person, in yesterday's meeting, when, uh, let's say I'm gonna use you, Mac. Mac, in yesterday's meeting, when john began to talk did you notice that you cut him off three times before he could get two sentences out so it, specific, at that point yeah right i can i can then move to let's talk about these behaviors and how they're affecting things uh, the next part of it is factual too many times we want to put universals in and when you think about facts, if you just bring the facts, it's hard to argue facts. And, and most humans and most people are okay with that. It's when we start throwing things in the universals always and never. Mm-hmm. Like you're always late or you never get reports to me on time. And immediately what they're going to do, the other person is going to do, is they're going to step back and they're going to think about it and they're going to go on the defensive and they're going to go, No, Harry, you're wrong. I was on time six months ago. So you're creating a defensive environment when you do that. So it needs to be just factual. You were late by one day on your report this month, whatever, may be. The second rule is feedback should always be timely. One of the things that I say, because when you think about reinforcing in the numbers, is when you notice something, you need to let the person know, especially from the the supportive and reinforcing piece. It should happen right on the spot if you can, but also you should know your people from that standpoint too, because some people are okay with you saying it in front of others and then other people aren't. So, there's a there's a benefit with saying it in front of others because then others are able to pick up the things you're looking for and what you're defining as your expectations and success. The but if they don't want it that way, then you need to pull them aside and do it, you know, individually. But once you notice it, you should be able to say it and and let the person know. The only time that doesn't work is for corrective feedback because the negative connotation with corrective feedback comes from the way people take it. So no matter how well you do it, they're gonna take it harder than supportive and reinforcing feedback. So with that, you need to maybe think about how you're going to give it. You may need to gather some more information. You also may need to settle down so that you can give it in a neutral frame and tone. And you need to do it in private. You should never do corrective feedback in front of others. Hmm. And so you need to think about that. So my rule on that one is that reinforcing and supportive feedback. You can do that immediately. Corrective feedback within 24 hours should be your goal. Okay. And yeah. And part of that Mac is the longer you let it go, the less effective it's going to be. The third rule is honest and candid and people need to know where they stand. So when you think about honest and candid, I've got two things I usually talk about there. One of them is I call it uh, no osmosis feedback. Osmosis feedback to me is beating around the bush, sugarcoating it, uh, maybe using sarcasm and you're hoping the message filters through what typically happens. Well, it it you, doesn't. It, yeah, exactly. And then the other part of it is no mixed messages. If you're doing the feedback and you're giving it when you see it and you're doing it within 24 hours, you shouldn't have to give a message. Hey, you did a great job, but or mm-hmm. however, and you need to be careful with those words because again, you get into the defensive issues and instead of, us creating a communication gateway with our people to where they're they're open and receiving things. Actually, they begin to move further apart. And then the last one is it's always respectful. Hmm. You always maintain the other person's emotional being in it. And it is always respectful and kept that way as you give it. So those are what I consider the four rules of feedback.
1: Okay. Good rules. Well, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking my daughter works a part-time job and she got corrective feedback on a group text. So the entire department got the group text calling her out. And I thought, boy, you know, I mean, the the dad and me wanted to jump through the phone and go over there. But then I thought, well, this is an example of why people need to hear good information. And I got to figure out a subtle way to get that manager to listen to this podcast because, uh, Probably not the best way to deliver it.
0: Right, I, I'm, I, it's it's amazing that someone would do that, and I can understand how you would want to uh, jump in there, Mac, and and help her out. You are a helicopter parent.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'll do what I can until they finally uh, realize I don't have anything important right. to share. Well, this is right. this has right. been it's it's made me really think a lot, uh, listening to this. And and I guess the more I think about this, I think the average boss probably does not do feedback very well. And what I'm hoping is that whoever's listening to this today is gonna realize number one, you need to do it. And number two, there's a good way to do it. And I like too when you'd mention uh, specific. One of the one of the groups I do some work with, they are retail managers for a uh, a store that caters to teenage fashions, and so they, they are typically supervisors between 17 and 19 years old. And so one of the questions they asked me was, uh, you know, how do I confront somebody with a bad attitude? And so you talked about labels, right? That person's difficult. So I, I kind of thought I said, well, what does a bad attitude look like? And they said it's RBF. And I said, well, what is RBF? They said it's called resting bitch face it's kind of this look. And so (laughs) I guess, you know, I'm going to ask you that, Harry. So uh, I'm working for you and I'm giving you RBF. What kind of, how would you give me feedback?
0: I would, again, think about the behavior and back into it again, RBF, that's a label, right? So what are we saying? It's their, their demeanor, the way they may be looking and we have to be careful with that, too, because some people just look like that normally, don't they?
1: Well, I, I think I do sometimes.
0: I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. yeah right. But I, again, we, what the way I would handle that myself is discuss with them what I'm seeing and how it's affecting the customers and give them the feedback that it's something that they need to improve on and that they, again, I'd have to define what the, when I saw it, what the interaction was and what the outcome was, and then say, notice that the outcome wasn't what it should have been. And that's great.
1: Wow. I love getting away from the labels. I think that is probably the best takeaway from this interview, Harry. That's really helpful.
0: Well, thank you, Mac. And I will tell you that it's, we all do it. it. It is nothing. It's not anything that's uncommon. Every person puts a label on someone at some time. And we just got to get away from that and figure out what causes it.
1: Well, I think it's just convenient. We're busy people and it's it's easy to put people in a box. So um, good stuff. Well, Harry, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to talk with us today. How can my audience get a hold of you? Because this is a very specific area that I think you are an absolute expert in. Uh, what's the best way for my audience to reach out to you?
0: Well, Mac, thank you for that opportunity, and I enjoyed the conversation, too, today, and I'm, hopefully I didn't take up uh, time and questionings from you as, as you thought of some of the things. People can get a hold of me at uh, 404-431-1895, or they can send an email to me at harry.white at dot com. That's great.
1: And Harry, you do some projects with us here at Boss Builder, so you are the real deal. And uh, my hope is that at some point, some of my audience have the privilege of actually uh, being in one of your workshops. But if you've got questions about this, folks, please reach out to Harry. He is absolutely the expert in feedback. So Harry, again, thank you for spending the time with us today and uh, for the great information you passed along.
0: Great. Thank you, Mac. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, if you're listening to these as you are commuting to and from work, I would highly recommend you listen again when you get home just so you can take some notes. We do our best to get you great information, and sometimes if you're like me, you got to write the stuff down. On another note, for your further development, if you work for an organization and you think that it would be valuable to partner with us, which I think is a good idea... We invite you to check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. We have three options, our signature driving results on-site workshop, which our trainers come out and deliver for you. We also have our very popular Boss Builder Academy, which is video driven. And we also offer the option of having your organization license our training materials so that your trainers can go ahead and deliver them on site. If you're listening to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, the other thing we'd appreciate is if you could just take a moment and leave us a brief, positive, of course, review. That would really help us out a great deal. And refer this podcast to anybody you know that you think could benefit from it. Until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up, boss on, and more importantly, make a commitment to being the boss at being a great boss. Goodbye.